Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with Know and Understand God as we pick up in Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 3. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. They are not valiant for the truth upon the earth, for they proceed from one evil to another, and they know not me, saith the Lord. Take ye heed every one of his neighbor, trust ye not in any brother, for every brother will utterly supplant, and every neighbor will walk with slanders. And they will deceive every one his neighbor, and they will not speak the truth. For they have taught their tongues to speak lies and weary themselves to commit iniquity. Thine habitation is in the midst of deceit, and through deceit they refuse to know me, saith the Lord. Therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, Behold, I will melt them and try them. For how shall I do for the daughter of my people? Their tongue is as an arrow that is shot out. It speaks deceit. One speaks peaceably to his neighbor with his mouth, but in his heart... He's lying in wait to strike him. Shall I not visit them for these things, saith the Lord? Shall not my soul be avenged on such a nation as this? For the mountains will I take up a weeping and wailing for the, for the habitations of the wilderness, a lamentation, because they are burned up so that none can pass through them. Neither can men hear the voice of the cattle, both the fowl of the heavens, the beast are fled, they are gone. And I will make Jerusalem heaps that is, heaps of destruction, the den of dragons, and I will make the cities of Judah desolate and without an inhabitant. Who is the wise man that may understand this? Who is he to whom the mouth of the Lord hath spoken, that he may declare it? For what the land perished and is burned up like a wilderness that none passeth through. And the Lord saith, Because they have forsaken my law, which I set before them, And have not obeyed my voice, neither walked therein. But they have walked after the imagination of their own heart and after Balaam, which their fathers taught them. Therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will feed them, even this people, with wormwood and give them the water of gall to drink. I will scatter them also among the heathen whom neither they nor their fathers have known, and I will send a sword after them until I have consumed them. So God pronounces his judgment, but the reasons for his judgment. They have forsaken his law, which he had set before them. They had not obeyed his voice, neither walked they according to his commandments, but they walked everyone after his own wickedness, the imagination of his own heart. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Consider ye, and call for mourning women, that they may come, and send for a cunning women, that they may come, and let them make haste, and take up a wailing for us, that our eyes may run down with tears, and that our eyelids gush out with waters. For the voice of wailing is heard out of Zion. How are we spoiled? We are greatly confounded because we have forsaken the land, because our dwellings they've cast us out. Yet hear the word of the Lord, O ye women, and let your ear receive the word of his mouth, and teach your daughters wailing, every one her neighbor lamentation. 
For death is come up into our windows and is entered into our palaces to cut off the children without and the young men from the streets. Speak thus, saith the Lord, even the carcasses of men shall fall as dung upon the open field and as a handful after the harvest, none shall gather them. Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might, neither let the rich man glory in his riches. It is interesting, these are three things that people often glory in. The wise men glory in their wisdom. The mighty man glories in his strength, and the rich man glories in his riches. But God said, he that glorieth, let him glory in that he understands and knows me. Now that's worth glorying about. How dies the wise man, Solomon said, as the fool? How dies the rich man like the poor? And even the strong are made weak through age, catabolic forces. So these things in which men glory are all temporal things. They're all very passing. My strength is failing. My wisdom will yield to senility. My riches will be left unto others. If I'm going to glory, I need to glory in the fact that I understand and know God because that's eternal, and that has eternal value to it. The rest may give me an advantage for a time. Wisdom may give me an advantage for a time. Strength may give me an advantage for a time. Riches may give me an advantage for a time, but understanding and knowing God will give me an advantage for eternity. That's something to really glory in, that I know God that he understand the ways of God. That I am the Lord which exercises loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. What does he delight in? Let's look again. Loving kindness, true judgment, fairness actually is what it's about. Righteousness. That's what God wants you to do. That's how God wants you to live. Loving one another, kind to one another, be ye kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven us. God wants you to be fair in your dealings, just. God wants you to be righteous, do the right thing. And in that he is pleased. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will punish all of them which are circumcised with the uncircumcision. In other words, this ritual of circumcision not going to do a thing for you. You're going to be punished just as, as, as those who are uncircumcised. Ritual is of no avail if it isn't a reality. The physical ritual is meaningless unless there is a corresponding work within a person's heart. Baptism is totally meaningless unless there's a corresponding work of the Spirit within your heart. They can hold you down till you drown. It's not going to save you. 
They can baptize you frontwards, forwards, or any formula that they might seek to use. It's not going to save you unless there is a corresponding work of God's Spirit within your heart. And that death to the old man, the old nature, and the burying of the old man, and the newness of life in Christ Jesus as we live and walk after the Spirit. That's what counts, not the ritual. Now, these people were counting in the fact that they'd gone through the ritual of circumcision, which marked them as God's special people. And the whole idea of circumcision was cutting off the flesh, which was a symbol of no longer living after the flesh, but living after the spirit. But here they'd gone through the ritual of circumcision, but were still living after the flesh. Thus, the ritual was totally meaningless as long as they lived after the flesh. It is only meaningful if a man lives after the spirit. So Paul the Apostle reasons, if my living after the flesh can negate my experience of circumcision, then my living after the Spirit will make unnecessary the rite of circumcision in that God counts the heart of the man. Now, your lifestyle can negate your water baptism. Water baptism can't save you. And your lifestyle can totally negate any kind of baptismal experience you've ever had because the whole idea is there in baptism. It is death to the self and living after the spirit, the new man after Christ. And baptism is to the church what circumcision was to the Jew in that a symbol of no longer living after the flesh, not living after the spirit. But if your life is lived after the flesh, it can negate any meaning to your baptism. In the same token, if you're living and walking after the spirit, that would be accounted as baptism. Though I believe that a person should be baptized, I do not believe in baptismal regeneration, and I don't believe that a person is lost who lives after the Spirit who has not had an opportunity to be baptized. So the days are going to come when I'll punish all of them which are circumcised along with the uncircumcised, Egypt, Judah, Edom, the children of Ammon, Moab, and all that are in the utmost corners that dwell in the wilderness. For all of the nations are uncircumcised, and the house of Israel as are as they were uncircumcised, for they are uncircumcised in the heart. It's only in the flesh. It's only an outward ritual, but it isn't in the heart where it really counts. Hear the word of the Lord, uh, that the Lord speaks unto you, O house of Israel. Thus saith the Lord, learn not the way of the heathen. Be not dismayed at the signs of heaven or the zodiac, for the heathen are dismayed at them. For the customs of the people are vain. For one cuts a tree out of the forest, the work of hands of the workman with an axe. They deck it with silver and with gold, with strings of light and baubles. No, it doesn't say that. <laughs> Seeing things here. They fasten it with nails and with hammers that it move not. Now. There are some who believe that this is a reference to the ancient custom of taking the fir trees and decorating them 
with gold and silver streamers on the 25th of December in worshiping the god Tammuz, the Babylonian god, whose birthday was worshiped on the 25th of December at the winter solstice. And, and some believe that this refers to that ancient custom that antedates Christ by a couple thousand years. There are others who say, no, it's just a reference to an idol, taking a tree and cutting out of the forest, carving the thing out, uh, and, and then decking your little idol with all of these golden ornaments. Let me say that um, it's strictly the opinion of man, and you can't prove either. It is true that the custom of decorating fir trees antedates Christianity by several thousand years. That is, decorating them on the 25th of December in the time of the winter solstice as they worship Tammuz, the son of the Queen of Heaven, Semiramis. And um, if you want to get into that deeper, I would recommend that you get the book The Two Babylons by Hislop, H-I-S-L-O-P. And uh, he gives quite a thorough historical documentation on the origin of what we call Christmas trees. It will <laughs> cause you to wonder. They are upright as the palm trees, but they speak not. They must be carried because they cannot go on their own momentum. Don't be afraid of them, for they cannot do evil, but neither is it in them to do good. For as much as there is none like unto thee, O Lord, thou art great, and thy name is great in might. Who would not fear thee, O king of nations? For to thee doth it appertain, for as much as among all the wise men of the nations and all the kingdoms there is none that is like unto thee. But they are altogether brutish and foolish. The stock or the little idol that has been made is a doctrine of vanities. Silver spread into plates is brought from Tarshish and gold from Euphaz. And the work of the workman and the hands of the founder, blue and purple is their clothing. They are the work of cunning men. These little gods of silver and gods of gold that they've carved out. Art, artists have carved them out and then they put blue and purple gowns upon them. But the Lord, or Jehovah, is the true God. He is the living God and an everlasting king. At his wrath the earth shall tremble and the nation shall not be able to abide his indignation. Thus shall ye say unto them, The gods that have not made the heavens and the earth, even they shall perish from the earth and from under these heavens. But he hath made the earth by his power, he hath established the world by his wisdom, he hath stretched out the heavens by his discretion. So he is... Uh, talking to the people concerning these gods that they had uh, made themselves. The vast difference, there is a God who has made man, and then there are men who make their gods, gods who are made by men. 
a God who carries men and a God who must be carried by men. And the prophet finds it rather ridiculous that they have to carry their gods around. They haven't any power to get anywhere themselves. And yet they're worshiping something they've got to carry around. Then he didn't have enough gumption or ability to get where it needs to go on its own. The true God, when he utters his voice, there's a multitude of water in the heavens and he causes the vapors to ascend from the ends of the earth. He makes the lightnings with the rain and brings forth the wind out of his treasures. Every man is brutish in his knowledge. Man, poor man, so ignorant in that which he knows best. Every man is brutish in his knowledge. Every founder is confounded by the graven image, for his molten image is falsehood. There's no breath in them. They are vanity. They are the work of errors. In the time of their visitation, they shall perish. The portion of Jacob is not like them, for he is the former of all things. Rather than being formed, God is the one who has formed all things. Israel is the rod of his inheritance, and the Lord of hosts, or Jehovah of hosts, is his name. Gather up the wares out of the land, O inhabitant of the fortress. For thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will sling out the inhabitants of the land at this once, and will distress them that they may find it so. Woe is me, for my hurt my wound is grievous, but I said, truly, this is a grief, and I must bear it. My tabernacle is spoiled, and all of my cords are broken. My children are gone forth from me, and they are not. And there is none to stretch forth my tent anymore and to set up my curtains. For the pastors are become brutish and have not sought the Lord. Therefore, they shall not prosper, and their flocks shall be scattered." Behold, the noise of the bruit, or the rumor, is come, and a great commotion out of the north country to make the cities of Judah desolate and the den of dragons. O oh Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. O oh Lord, correct me. It's an interesting prayer of the prophet. God, I know that I don't have enough sense to know what is the right way to go. So you correct me, God. You guide me. I know that the ways of man are not in a man. A man hasn't the ability to direct his own steps. Now the wise man, in recognizing his own limitations, is the man who will commit his life over to God. God, you correct me. You direct my steps, O Lord. But not in your anger, lest I become nothing. Pour out your fury upon the heathen that know thee not, and upon the families that call not on thy name, for they have eaten up Jacob and devoured him and consumed him and have made his habitation desolate. God has some heavy things. I think the heaviest of all is the cry, the harvest is ended, the summer is over. We're not saved. I hope that none of you ever make that cry. The Bible says, to do, Behold, today is the day of salvation. Call upon the Lord while he is near, lest those evil times come. When you say, I have no pleasure in them, 
For God's Spirit will not always strive with man. If you continue to reject God's grace and love that he is offering to you through Jesus Christ, the day will come when God will say, let them alone. Don't pray anymore for them. Don't intercede. I won't listen if you do. And the harvest will be over. And the summer ended. And you will be eternally lost. May that not be the case. May also you not be fooling yourselves in thinking that you can live after your flesh and that the grace of God will just somehow compensate and cover it. God said, tear your heart, not your garments. He doesn't want an outward Display. He wants an inward work in your heart and in your life of commitment to Him. For God wants you to experience His rest, which He promised, and that you can have as you surrender your life to Him. continue with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Jeremiah in our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Jeremiah 9 through 10 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord bring you into a special consciousness of His presence, of His love, of His interest in your life. And may you walk in the consciousness of God's grace and be led by His Spirit. May you come into a new relationship with God a very personal relationship with God. In Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. The 1960s became one of the most colorful periods in American history. The counterculture was dropping out and turning on The Summer of Love was the stage for many dramas of change, and the most popular musical group in the world was singing All You Need Is Love. 
But one man in Southern California was reaching out with the answer, and the truth began to set people free. Author and pastor Chuck Smith began to share the love of Jesus Christ with a generation that was looking for love in all the wrong places. Now some 40 years later, the gospel of love is still changing lives. In his book simply titled, Love, The More Excellent Way, Pastor Chuck Smith expounds upon the love that can change your life now and forever. For more information on how to obtain your copy, visit a bookstore nearest you or call 1-800-272-WORD or visit us online at thewordfortoday.org. That's thewordfortoday.org.